talk for. So hopefully he'll be satisfied with this. Um, if you'll look in Job chapter 38, starting in verse 4, um, this is God's response to Job. He says, Job, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On um, what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in dark thickness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and its, bar, its bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? That it might take the earth by, it, by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? And this is one of my favorite verses. Um, a lot of times I'll read this and I'll look over it and I don't really think what it means. And it, it got me thinking, um, it shows how great God is. He's asking Job, Job, where were you when I put the waters in their place? Where were you when I made the universe? And that got me to thinking, something I've really struggled with and something I really thought about. And by show of hands, it's all right, you can raise your hand. How many of you have ever been told that we serve a selfish God or that God needs our praise? Have you ever been told that? I've been told that my whole life. And, and that really bothered me. And I don't know how to explain it, though. And I was like, you know, people say we serve a selfish God. And I know they don't mean that bad or the way it sounds. But saying we serve a selfish God, like God needs my praise or something. And it's like we're trying to put God in this box, you know. And God is, God is so much more than that. He says, I made everything. I, I created you. How can you say that, you know, in, in Psalm 145, 3 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And I heard a really good, um, really good, I guess you call story or um, example of this. This guy at chapel last week said, it's like God's got the world in the palm of his hand. Like He literally can hold the world in the palm of his hand, all the ocean, all the water. And we've got this little, our praise is like this little Dixie cup. And it's full of water. And so every Sunday we come and say, here, God, here's, here's my praise. Like, you need this. I know you need it. And God's like, I've got the whole world in my hand. I made the universe. Like, you, I don't need your Dixie cup, but I want it. And I want you. And, and, I, and I never really understood that. And I never knew how to explain that to anyone. Um, and we'll kind of come back to that, but if you will flip to Philippians 3 with me. Um, this is Paul. Paul actually wrote this from prison. Um, he's writing, If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. And, and that really hits me. We were studying this in my New Testament class. Paul's like, if anyone has something to boast in, it's me. And he's not being cocky. He's just being honest. He's saying, like, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews from, in, from the tribe of Benjamin. I was studied by, I was studying under the greatest, greatest there was. And I was on the fast track to the top. I was a Pharisee. Of, I was going to be the Pharisee of Pharisees. And then he goes on to say in verse 7 through 11, But whatever gains to me I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes through God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And when I got to this, is Paul is saying anything that he has gained is nothing to God, like any worldly thing, but he's saying it's so much better to give everything up that he has gained just for a smidge of glory for God. It, if he, he gives it all up, he says, I want to share in Christ's suffering. Gave up everything he has had just for a little bit of bringing God glory. And that really, that's really powerful because, I mean, it, what kind of Christian is Paul? Like that, that's just amazing to me. I, I can't even imagine doing that. You know, I drove up here in my, my nice truck, came from my nice house, speaking in this nice building to all y'all, and I'm just like, look what Paul, he had it all, and then he just gave it up just for a little bit of glory to be to God. Um, If you will, turn over to Psalm 146 with me. If I can find it. Um, Starting in verse 1, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. And he says here in verse 3, this really hit me, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. And that brings up the topic of you know, human glory versus God glory. God's glory. And what is human's glory? Human's glory is finite. It's something that we made up. Something that humans made up and we're like, oh, I don't want to be like that guy. Like, I want to be like that famous man. But what does that even mean? We made it up. It's our glory praising them. But God's glory is something we can't even grasp. It's something you can't understand. It's infinite. And it's like, say, okay, think of your favorite president. Say he walks in the door right now. And you're like, oh, that's the president of the United States right there. That's a cool guy. And he's like, and God's like, what he, he's president of the United States. I made the universe. Or say Bill Gates walks in the door. Like, that guy, that guy's a pretty smart guy. He's a billionaire. Like, I want to be like him. God's like, so what? I made the universe. I made Bill Gates. It, it, God's glory just surpasses human understanding so much. It's just it's incredible to me. And so that kind of... Brings me to the question, why does he want our praise? He doesn't need our praise. Why would such an infinite, perfect God want my praise? And I think a lot of it is, this comes back to the selfish thing. This is why I would say that we don't serve a selfish God. I I can't stand to hear that, that we serve a selfish God. Because he's so perfect and we're so far from that. The fact that he wants and desires us to praise him. And I think he gets that. We go back to the beginning, and it was only God. There was only God. He was perfect. Everything was good. It was just God. And then he created us, and we messed it up. And to me, since then, we have been longing for what is good. And we try to find it in all these things like like being president of the United States, like power or money or anything. And that's just nothing compared to what God had in mind for us. And, and God's like, I think the reason God wants us to worship him is for our own good, not for his. He desires for us to fulfill that longing in him because he's the only thing that is good. 
There's nothing else in this world that is good. There's nothing else in this world that's perfect. Everything that is good or perfect is God. And so that made me think that should make us want to worship him, not come in on Sunday and be like, uh, well, time to sing, you know, whatever, get out, get the sermon over with, let's go to La Familia. And that, that's, not, that's not what it's about. It should be like you want to. And I, and I never had this. Like, until, honestly, until the last couple of months when I went to Harding, I never even sung. I, it's like, you, I came in and I was like, you know, the other scene, I was like, oh, I'm too cool for this, whatever. You just look around. And it's so much more than that. And, and, we're, and bringing glory to God is not just singing. I'm not saying that. But I see that as a big thing. Like, David praised, praised God all throughout Psalms. And I think that's a great way for us to just bring a, little, a smidge of praise and glory to God. And so I, I think we should desire and we should want to praise God. Not, it should not just be a necessity, something that we're like, you know, God, he commands it, so I should probably do it. It's, we're not living in Old Testament times. It's not the law. We're, we're, it's love. It's, we're supposed to want to do it. We don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You should want to do it. And and something else is, see how powerful God is. God is timeless. You can't, you can't even say God is, because that is time. And God is outside of time. Time was made up by man. Saying God is, is, try, is like, he's finite or something. He's, you can't even say it. He's, God says, I am. And that's, that's just, well, all right. that's just crazy to me. It's like, I am. That's, that's the only way we can possibly kind of understand what God is. Like I said, you can't even say God is, but it, it, I don't know. That just blows my mind thinking about that. And me and my dad had a lot of discussions about that. Like, God is so outside. You can't say God is. He was, he is, he is to come. I am. And some, a God, the thought of a God like that, wanting us to worship him and bring glory to him, just blows my mind. And so my challenge to you tonight is stop seeing God as a finite being that we can put in a box something that we can understand. Rather, accept the fact that we can't understand him as, and realize he is a great, infinite creator that desires our praise for some reason that we don't know. But praise him anyways and be so thankful that he allows us to praise him and allows us to come to him. Um, well, I kept it short for you, Tyler. So. Uh, I'm going to say a prayer and then we'll have the invitation song. Pray with me. Dear God, um, we thank you so much for just being our God, honestly. Um, I don't know why you created us. I don't know why you want us, God, but we thank you for allowing us to live, allow us to serve you, even though we don't do it most of the time. Um, Please help us to realize your greatness in the best possible way that our human minds can, um, and just to serve you. Um, We all fall short, especially me, so... Just be with us for the rest of the week and be with those who especially couldn't be with us tonight. Um, in your son's name we pray. Amen. I am mine no more. I am mine.